everybody. Welcome. Gary and Lisa Black podcast. We're posting these on Black Tribe and we're posting these on M456 because we believe everybody needs a good marriage. And if you're not married, you need to know how to have a good marriage. And if you are married and it sucks, you need to have tools to be able to get out of that ditch so that your marriage is really good again. Because marriage, if you're watching on video, it's not like this. It's not fist against fist. It's like this, fist on fist, working together to freaking plow down the enemy and Absolutely. the culture and everything else that's coming against you. Who are you going to go to war with? Come on. Yeah. And there's nobody else better to go to war with <laughs> than a hot woman who loves you deeply and you can freaking kill the world and conquer the world. Really, baby? Oh, my gosh, babe. Just because I made you a sandwich? <laughs> you make good sandwiches. <laughs> hey, I hope you listened to the last past couple podcasts. Um, we did one on Mexico and our time down there and how it kind of changed our lives. Make sure and go listen to that. We did. We just did a podcast on covenant and the purpose of marriage and what the difference between covenant and contract is mm-hmm. in marriage and how you make your marriage last. And if you've been married multiple times, how you carry those strengths from your last marriage, get rid of the crap you did yeah. and bring that into the new marriage so that it lasts forever. Mm. Right. For, for Lisa and I, we've been, um, she was widowed. I was divorced. Um, we, Dated with Lost a kid. Five kids under the we age of nine. We married with five kids. Uh, we've been bankrupt a couple times. <laughs> we two miscarriages. lived in Africa <laughs> and we lived in Europe and we shouldn't have made it. Statistically. Statistically. Yeah. Statistically. And now we're thriving. And we're having way too much fun. And we're fun. having way too much fun. All right. And we're loving this. So you're going to give us. Some practical Some things because I. This is a um, good, short, quick marriage. Yeah. I love it when people are like hey, I want to change my life or transform my life. And I think we're all looking like, where do I even start? Like, what if your marriage is just an absolute mess right now? There's anger, there's tension, there's resentment, there's unforgiveness. And I think sometimes we have to start with simple things. And, um, you know, you're awesome, like, at serving me. Like, so awesome that sometimes I take advantage of it. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay. This is good to know. Sometimes I'm like... I have the sniffles, <laughs> so let me bring me tea. Well, I bring you tea or coffee every morning, and usually a bagel. And if if I don't, then it's prepared and ready to go when you do get up. I know, <laughs> and it does speak to my heart. Like I'll get up to get to the water or something in the middle of the night, and I'll see that you've already set up coffee. And I didn't see you set it up, but you already have it all set up for the next morning. And I was like, oh, that's so precious. But. Um, Yeah, I think we just need practical things to do sometimes. And I think it's really hard to serve someone that you are ticked at and you're angry at. And the first (laughs) thing we do is we pull away, right? And we can feed the anger, um, get cold, get quiet, get standoffish, get, and that can grow and that can grow. Sometimes you forgot what the original offense was. You just stay mad. You just stay bitchy. You just stay miserable. And I think sometimes you got to do something to shock the system a little bit. Okay. And um, I am currently on this journey where of forgiveness. And I have found the most difficult person to forgive is myself. And so I'm really like seeking this though. I'm really asking the Lord. I'm really listening and reading scripture about forgiveness. And then also writing things in my journal of people I need to just let go and release and not have any expectations of what they're going to be in my life or who they should be or, or what they did. And I think unforgiveness is the number one killer of marriages. Okay. Is like something happens <clears throat> on your honeymoon 
And every time you get in a fight 30 years later, that comes up. And at some point, you know, you have to let it go. If you're gonna stay married. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up a second. And women are like elephants. We okay. don't forget. Let's, I wanted you to anything. say that. Yes, it's all connected. It's, it's all, all connected in our minds, and it's like you when you did when this, you, you said to me like <laughs> something I did 15 years ago in the midst of the now, and that's why you're so pissed off. I'm like, what? <laughs> like. I, I forgot that so long ago. Well, now, you forget maybe, when it's five minutes later. Well, okay. You're like, I'm fine. Well, <laughs> that's the difference. And I think I, you actually do have to, like, have a Groundhog Day. You know, like, it is the same day over and over again, but it actually is a different day. Uh-huh. And it's a new day. <laughs> and I think that you have to continually, like, look at your spouse's heart and, and study them. I think the reason our marriage has been successful is we've, um, in the darkest, hardest times, we still studied each other's hearts. Yes. And we still studied each other's paces. And we still, you know, we were basically running all over the planet and homeless, honestly, for the better part of six years. We'd come back to America to work from Spain, but we had nowhere to live. Right. And I didn't have my olive oil or my, you know, I didn't have any of my things. And I couldn't really... I didn't have a my pillow, and I didn't have. And it, after about six years, it really started. Well, to wear and me. in the midst of that, quite honestly, we were ser- serving people that had a poverty mindset, and so we were living in trailer we houses. We had to live in, in poverty, like all of them. Sewage to be holy, apparently. <laughs> yes, yes, it didn't work. It was I, rough. I didn't get holy. I got really angry. You did, and um, it's crap. But that, like that inconsistency and that stuff that we were going through, like resentment was growing in my heart towards your people. And towards you, and I was like, I just, I just want a place to live. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's just like I need it to be my bed. Simple, but yes, keep. I can keep life simple. That's not a problem for me. But this idea that I was supposed to be homeless and suffering (laughs) because that's how they wanted to live was ridiculous, and it started to wear on me. And we, but they didn't live that way. They just expected us. That's what hurt your heart so much. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, but you started really watching my paces and you used to get really frustrated with me when I didn't want to go to conferences or when I had been taking care of six children all day and there was a prayer meeting because some prophet was in town. I was like, I don't actually care. I don't care that this prophet is in town. I don't care what he has to say. I really just want to take a bath and go to bed and you would not have it. Like, no, we're doing this. My early religious days. You wanted me to be like you. Yes. Which is an extrovert which you you get energy from people, you get energy from business, you get energy. I get drained. So the fact that I was raising six kids, I was already drained by noon. Well, if you conclude me, that would be seven kids. <laughs> My seven yes. children. Yes. And <clears throat> it changed everything when instead of you trying to change me, you started seeing that you, I was created differently than you. And it wasn't to hurt you. It wasn't against you. It's just the way I was created. And when you started, like, my heart grew for you in ways I can't even explain when you would start saying, honey, you don't have to go. Why don't you? The first time you said to me, because I don't think anyone had ever used this word around me my entire life. You said, why don't you just rest? Mm. Like, I can do that. That's an option. And you were like, I think you're supposed to. I think that's what you're supposed to do now. I think you're supposed to rest. It gave me permission to do what my body, my soul, my spirit desperately needed. And it started changing everything about me I I was so exhausted and so sick I could barely move sometimes and when you started using the word rest I felt like you were saying here's paradise for you my love (laughs) and I'll take care of these other things it changed everything wow 
That's really good. I, 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 I don't know why I feel prompted. You aren't, are, aren't afraid of work. And in fact, you're a perfectionist and you overwork. And I took advantage of that and would say, and, and I would take offense of that or be, because you wouldn't want to come and do this with me or do that with me because, but I always saw you working so hard. And so when I finally saw your heart and saw your pace, saw who you were, and I was given permission from the father to go, wait a minute, don't, she's, don't quit trying to change her and make her into you. Yeah. Why don't you become more like her, but make sure you give her that permission to rest. Why don't you start serving her pace? Why don't you start serving her rhythms? And my body started to heal. But I want to say it did start to heal. But what I want to say is there's some women that use that for an excuse. I think that the thing I've experienced with women that I can usually see immediately is um, when there's a lack of intimacy between a husband and a wife, I have seen women prop up their parents, their career, their children as a uh, like a like a guard. So that they can avoid intimacy with their husband because they don't want it. That was my point. Yeah, I do think people can use that as an excuse. And I, like, we were getting here today and you said, hey, we need to meet so-and-so for lunch. That was not on my plan today. I had a million things I was going to do today. But I was like, okay, I can adjust that because that's important to you and that's important to this person. And I think having this stringent idea of everything has to go my way and it has to look like I think it's going to look and it has to happen the order that it has to happen, which I was definitely in that camp is I would plan something out in my mind. And when you didn't see the, the blueprint, I was like, what is, how can you not see the Well, plan? and quite honestly, I was in that camp as well. Like, why wouldn't you want to come with me? Why, what's wrong with me? Well, I liked right? being with you. Of course, but I was exhausting you. Yeah. And you, <laughs> <laughs> you were literally killing me. <laughs> I literally was killing my own wife. Congratulations, Gary Black. Wow. No, but you brought me back to life mm-hmm. <laughs> through the bagels well, and the tea. And, the- and that is the ebbs and flows of marriage. People. Yes. That's how it and works. Learning. You stay in. Yeah. And you learn that and you stop your stupid stuff yeah and you start to learn their heart and 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 you study their pace you study their rhythm and i know we've talked about that on a lot of other marriage podcasts all right baby give us some practicals well some practicals of i think we do have to ask ourselves the question like do i have unforgiveness towards my spouse was there something that happened in 1983 that's still bothering me or 1993 or 2003 whatever do we need to revisit that? Because did that did that break the covenant? What happened, and what have been what has been the action since then? Because you a person can have a good heart and still break your heart all the time Absolutely. through their action. Yeah. So it is good to ask those questions. But going into that conversation with the intent that we're going to deal with this, we're going to say what we need to say, and then we're going to say it's done, and we're not talking about it ever again. Like sometimes you'll bring things up in podcasts that we went through in our marriage that I'm like, I never have told anyone that before. <laughs> and it was your story to tell. You don't yeah. tell my stories. You tell your stories and I okay. tell my stories. But it, it was sometimes with, I probably tell you it story. was in it was in your right to to reveal that situation, but I never think about it anymore and I definitely never bring it up and I don't talk about it because to me it's done. Good. And I know but I know that when you bring it up you're trying to teach a lesson and you're trying to share your pain and so that you can walk somebody else through it. So I could immediately go to shame or embarrassment or, or whatever. But instead I think, you know, the heart of my husband is always to help people. He's always trying to help. He's always trying to disciple. He's trying to mentor. He's trying to father. He's trying to, and it's my job to help that flourish in you. But I also have to watch 
you have to watch your spouse and see like what what brings joy to their face you know what makes like if you're planning a trip you know wine and beach that's all I need now that time you did the Switzerland trip for our anniversary it wasn't wine or beach but it was awesome right like you knew that the the lights and the Christmas lights and everything would speak to my heart and you planned that trip for what I love and we had a great time but the basic things, sometimes we are passive aggressive. Like I, a woman told me one time, she said, I hang up all my kids' clothes, but I just leave my husband's on the side of the bed. Mm. I said, are you trying to make a point? Uh, well, I said, yeah. next time you're trying to make that point, go out of your way to press his clothes, you know, hang his clothes up. I color coordinate your T-shirts because I have <laughs> problems, but I think it helps you. <laughs> If you want a white t-shirt, it's there. The black ones are in the back. It doesn't help. I don't know. (laughs) You wear the same three black t-shirts every day, no matter what. Shout out to Harvest. My Harvest t-shirt. Oh, he's faithful. Chaco. Yeah, and I just think, you know, I know you love your motorcycle. I know that that frees your mind. And we had this conversation last week. I said, but I can see, because we met a man, and he said, my wife hates my bike. Hates it. Despises it. Won't go on it. Won't go near it. I love your bike because it's something that brings you peace and brings you freedom. Well, and, and I don't put it above you. Well, if you, and that's what I said to you is if you were in the garage all the time tinkering with that thing, but you never tinkered with me, I would be like, okay, so that's his <laughs> well, mistress. I like tinkering with you. I yeah. know. Yeah. And we can go on the bike and tinker with the bike, but we can also tinkle with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about tinkering. Shaco. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So uh, you can't celebrate your, your spouse's um, idols. You know, and I've, I've thanked you for not being a golfer because it's such an expensive hobby and it's so intense and it's so time consuming that I'm often concerned with young men who have young families that they're gone all day on Saturday. Like that's your only time together as a family. I do think that there's a time and a place like when your wife has worked all week and you've worked all week and every Saturday morning you peace out and you're gone all day and you come just drunk and sunburned. And either happy or pissed off because there's nothing in between, I guess, when you're golfing. There's nothing in between. And she's been with the children. But when you could have had the day together as a family. And and I think anything in our lives that becomes an idol, and what I mean by that is anything I'm thinking about all week so I can get to to do it on Saturday. I don't think about my bike all week so that I can just ride off and not deal with you. I think about your bike all week. And I don't think about playing golf, like you said, all week. right? I'm thinking of, okay, am I serving my wife's heart? Am I serving my family's heart? Am I doing this really well? Let me yeah. check in. Let's have the conversations. And now on a Thursday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, I go play golf or I get on the bike. You, you, it, it's got I'd to be healthy. I celebrate that, though. Right, absolutely. I would celebrate That's what that I mean. because you're going to come home from that <clears throat> event and be a better husband and a better yes. father. Because you had some time to yourself. You had you you got to release your your angst and your whatever that thing does for you. It could be a very important thing. It's not necessarily good or bad, but you know we have to look at like what what is their heartbeat and what do they need. And you love food, and it's been very it's been difficult because everyone thinks I'm an excellent cook, but you you like really good like chef created masterpieces, and I'm like. Dude, I can't compete with that. Like, uh, well, I started cooking when I was eight out of the <laughs> Better Homes and Gardens. You know, that was the only cookbook we had. It was very basic. And like, I don't have any chef training. I'm just a <laughs> You're little. You're an bit. incredible cook. I am. And I also like going and getting some. Just I know. Killer. I cool love food. that. But yeah. the pre- like, you like really, really good food, and and so I had to go back to Pinterest and I had to crack open old 
you know, because I'm like, this is important to him and this makes him feel loved. And it brings life, it to, brings my life soul. to you. And, yes. it, you know, when I bring you food, when you're after working all day and you're exhausted and sometimes you're just kind of staring out the window like, what the hell are we going to do? <laughs> and I think, OK, I can't fix that, but I can give him a steak, yes. you know, and I that is like it is all the little things. So and, and when we're when we stay in a place of bitterness or we stay in a place of resentment or unforgiveness, that's when we see these long marriages where they've stayed together, but they hate each other. They're just like the, the husband says something, the wife rolls her eyes. The wife says something, the husband just kind of looks the other way. And it's so uncomfortable to be around those couples. Yes. It's so, you just feel horrible for both of them, but also you don't want to hang out with them. No. Because they're not having any fun. Yes. And you're not going to have any That's fun. That's why the older you get, the smaller your friendship groups become. I love it though. Yeah. It's it's really true. It's healthy. We filled our house with like 150 people one Easter. Yeah. You, li- you live in community, you need each other, but honestly, as you get older, you realize. is is saved for the sacred 100%. and it's saved for the covenant. There you go. So this idea of having intimacy with 40 people because you're all raising kids, it's just unrealistic. I was on the phone with a young woman the other day, and um, she was just expressing the things that she's going through. And she's like, I just need one woman to talk to. I said, if you do have one woman that you can talk to that loves your son, loves your husband, loves your marriage, loves you, and supports the whole group and keeps your things that you share with her in a vault, you are the richest woman in the world. That's right. I have one. And I've lowered my expectation to thinking every woman I meet that I might have something in common with is going to value my sacred things and hold my my husband in that same place. Because there was when we were first married and we had a lot of conflict and a lot of things happening around us, there were several women that were just like, you just need to leave. These are we're the Christian. I'm like, okay, I didn't come to you for that. I came to you for ha- help me, help me. How show me how to navigate five small children and a man whose life is being ripped apart from him. Yeah, give me that. And so now, as an older woman, I look at that and I say, I'm gonna, I can help you navigate this, and I can tell you you're not alone. But I'm not gonna tell you to leave. No, and let's be honest, we've had to learn it the hard way. Both of us. Hard. We've shared way too much with too many people yeah. that weren't for us. No. They said they were, right? Uh, and they weren't. And so they've spread that. They've turned it on us. They brought they've, all kinds of people yeah. into it. And it, you know what? If you it, What gossip is, is if you are talking about anyone, about anything except for that person sitting in front of you, you're sharing information. And if you're, if you're sharing information about a couple or a marriage outside of that couple, it's gossip. That's right. And it destroys everything. Yep. And I, you know, I have one in my life now, one man, the average man my age has two friends. Uh, right now I have one because I know that the others, I, I, I can have a beer with them. You have right? drinking buddies. Yeah. I have some drinking buddies, yeah. but I don't have an intimate friendship, but with one man uh, where I can actually share my whole heart and know that's just going to stay at the table. Yeah. Know he's going to kick my ass if he needs to know that he can talk to my wife anytime that he wants um, and, and kind of hold me to anything. Uh, it's such a freeing, beautiful, vulnerable, amazing way to live. Yeah. Right. Um, because we're that for a lot of people. Um, so, and it's hard when you're in this position cause there's nowhere to Anytime go. Anytime you're up. in leadership, there's, yeah, there's no up often. Yeah, yeah. There's not much up, but you do need that. And so that's a good practical step. What else you got? I think the simplest things like there's things you do, um, like, when you drive my truck, which I do allow it on occasion. <laughs> she stole my truck, everybody. Everybody knows, but you're not getting it back. 
unless you go buy me that Shelby, then you can have yours. But um, you, when I get in the truck after you've driven it, you put the seat back where I sit, and you put my radio stations on, and you adjust the steering wheel. And you never said to me, hey, when I get out of the truck, I put it back so that when you get in, it's ready to go. And you also always fill my truck up with, I haven't touched a <laughs> gas pump in however long, probably since you've touched laundry. Like there is some division of labor that's okay. Amen. Like I'm really good at laundry. You're really good at pumping gas. So let's just I stay in our I fold the laundry sometimes. Well, okay. you fold it like a boy and I have to redo it. So it's better if we don't. But just Love the it. way you served me that way when I didn't ask you to, and it honestly wouldn't be that big of a deal for me to adjust my own seat. Like I'm a big girl. I can do that. It made me want to do that for you. And so now I never get out of any of our cars without putting it back the way that you have it on 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 your classic radio station and it's right and i have to turn the music down because i listen to it really loud and i realize when you turn on the ignition it's going to like blow your head off and it's like you serving me made me want to serve you more yep, that's and good. i think people don't realize like we could sit there and be angry about things that happened 20 years ago and go you know we're really not those people anymore and we've both grown and i need grace so i'm going to extend grace to this person and I just, I know your character and I know your heart. And so all the little things kind of do, it's like, what are we, I didn't need to make a comment about that. I didn't need to be sarcastic about that. I didn't need to come around the back and say something mean or it's just not necessary. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things I had to learn is just say nothing. Just don't fill the space That's with good. words. Just say nothing yeah. and just move on. That's so hard for women. It's really hard for this woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's when I say women. That's what I know. Okay, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's true for us, too. I think, it, it, you know, for me, when I know I can say something to shred, right, or I know I could just knock your feet out from under you, like as you mature and as you grow, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. All this is going to lead to is a bigger fight. And, and a bigger gaping More world. days without yeah. sex. Yeah. More days without loving each other. More days without, like, I, I love the, you know, and we haven't done this for so long. Um, but you know, it's like, I want to share this reel with you, or I want to share this thing I heard from this podcast I'm listening to, or this revelation I just got from God in the scripture. And I can't, cause I'm pissed at you. Right. And we're not talking <laughs> and then, like, and, then, and like, then we reconnect and we make love for hours. And then we just like we tell each other everything that happened yeah, in the last five days. 35 and, reels. And, and by the way, I talked to this person, <laughs> and this happened and this, and blah, 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 cause you like, you, you want to share the good, the bad. And the ugly with your person. That's but it. the longer you're together, the more you realize, like, I don't actually need to tell them all the ugly. Like, I'm going through some hormonal changes right now and waking up, like, in a pool of sweat. It's different. Right. And sometimes I want you to be my girlfriend. I'm just like, dude, I was up from two to five just sweating. <laughs> and I want you to feel sorry for me. But then I'll, like, in the morning, I'm like, he doesn't. He doesn't need to know this. Like he doesn't, I don't have to tell him everything my body does. And I think a lot of women try to make their men their girlfriends. And I'm like, no, girl, you got to have That's girlfriends so for that. Jesus, help us. Yeah. You got to have girlfriends for that. Yeah. He doesn't need to know we can't what's happening with your period. We don't know what period. to do. Well, and you can't say the right thing. No. And we can't win. You know, but I will say you do great with you just listen to me and, you know, give me a hug or whatever. And I think we've learned to say to each other, you know, there's sometimes you just get really frustrated with people and people you're trying to work with and things you're trying to do and no one's doing what they said they would do and you're just trying to lead and you get real frustrated. And I used to want to fix that 
And now I just listen to you. And then after you calm down a little bit, maybe bring you a steak and glass <laughs> of wine or something. Say, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Yeah. And sometimes there isn't anything. No. And sometimes you say, actually, could you do research on this? And yeah. like, absolutely, I could. Yeah, I love it. La- like even last night, you were out sanding furniture, antique furniture <laughs> you bought for like five dollars so forever but you sand it and you're painting it <laughs> i'm in trying to freaking get a video done for a new project <laughs> we're doing and organize these podcasts and do all this stuff and then i wasn't feeling well i'm laying in bed and you came in all painy and sweaty <laughs> and you jumped up next to me and you go don't you just want to listen to me for hours right now <laughs> like hell no but we laughed and we had fun my favorite thing to say to you though like we'll get up on a saturday morning we're like so should we get up and go on the bike should we we try to keep one day a week where we just party right. you and i and just yeah. celebrate and pleasure and have a great day together and i always just say but i know what you really want to do so you want me to make you some tea you want to talk about your feelings, yes. looking directly in my eyes, and then you want to go to Target. <laughs> right. And that's a joke because that would be torture to it you. It would be torture. And because you would be tortured, I would be being tortured. So we try to find activities <laughs> yeah. we both enjoy. That's good. Yeah. All right. What else, Scott? Anything else? I don't know. I just All think, right. you know, ask the Lord, like, what is it my spouse needs? Yeah. And I think it's good to remember that when men get quiet, it doesn't mean they're rejecting you. They can be thinking about one thing or they could be focused on one thing or they could be, you know, trying to solve a problem in their head. And sometimes they just need that time and it's okay to let them have it. Yeah. And it's okay to say, what do you need? You know, you need to go for a drive. Do you need like a break? Do you need a nap? Do you need a, and I just think just meeting each other in that, you know, and, and not expecting your spouse to be able to read your mind. Women, I think are really guilty of that. Like he should just know. Right. And, and then in a man, we get so ticked off so quickly because you don't understand us or you're not compassionate to our, you know, what we're going through. And we're just babies. Honestly, we're just children. <laughs> and we act like a three-year-old throwing a tantrum. Sometimes. And it, yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's like, you feed me, feed me, <laughs> give me a beer. Right. It's just so ridiculous. You need it to be breastfed and given a nap. Yes. <laughs> it's very Amen. simple. Formula. Yes. I love breast milk. No. So I think for a man, for a man, it's like, get out of your own head. Yeah. Get out of your own stupid little spoiled boyhood yeah. and listen to your wife. Look her in her eyes, but not just listen to her voice or her words. Listen to her heart. Yeah. What is she really yearning for? What is she needing from you right now? And go serve that. And if that guy's just listening, then shut the f- up and listen, mm-hmm. right? Just be and, 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 and love her in that space. If she's angry, stop listening to her words. Listen to her heart. She's fearful. You've disappointed her in a big way in something that you need to take responsibility for. And there's so many things that we're, we're so selfish about. Yeah. And if we'll just lay down those rights, if you listen to our last podcast, make sure you do that. The difference between contract and covenant. Um, so that covenantally I'm thinking all the time. And yeah. I'm saying, Father, give me supernatural insight into Lisa's heart right now so I don't say stupid things to try to fix it. Oh, I could see your face twisting sometimes when you have an answer or you could solve my problem. Yes. And you're twisting because you're like, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to listen to her. I'm like, oh, that's so cute that he's like fighting himself. Well, it's true. It. I'm not, yeah. I, I don't need to fix you. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest thing I've learned over the last decade is I don't need to fix you. I need to serve you. I need to serve your rhythms, your paces, all those things, and be really practical. 
Yeah. Like a cup of tea really speaks to your heart. <laughs> it does. Like picking up my damn laundry really speaks to your heart. Doing the dishes consistently. It's so Taking awesome. the trash. You know, that's <laughs> not like hard. all the things that like you kind of fight and squibble over and then you and I never ever talk about trash no. or dishes. No, it's just done. Anymore. You just you see a dish, you you do it. I see the trash, I take it out. Right. I prefer not to take out the trash, but this idea of like loading it on and letting you deal with it is kind of disrespectful. Absolutely. You know, and just uh, uh, just to treat your roommate with respect so can can make a really beautiful union. It really can. I want to end with Brene. Brene Brown. Yes. I love what she said. And I know we've said this on a different podcast, but I want to say it again. Uh, she said her husband and her figured this out that Marriage isn't 50-50, we know that. But a lot of times it's not 100%, 100% no. either. Sometimes it's 80-20. If I come in and it's been a really hard season session with my dad, with something, building this business, building this ministry, and I have nothing left and I'm depleted, and I can say, man, I'm at 20%. Yeah. I got nothing. And Lisa can look at me and say, oh, baby, I got you. I'm 80% right now. I feel really yeah. good. Let's just, that's our 100%. Yeah. Or vice versa, right? Or sometimes we come in and we both go, look, I got 25%. And she says, I got 25%. So now we know we need to figure out the other 50 or we're going to get into a big fight. We need to just fight. go to bed. So it's, well, <laughs> you just got to have a plan. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go in the other room in my office and have a nice glass of whiskey. And I'm just going to just deflate for a while. Yeah. I'm going to get out of my head, right? And you're going to go take a bath and have a glass of wine. Spiritual and Right now, yeah. if you have children, you got to mix that in there, yeah. right? Who's going to take care of Jimmy and Johnny and Susie tonight and make sure they're bathed and in bed? How much capacity do you have to do that? I'll take it from you if you don't, right? It's learning to serve one another to get to that 100%, 100%. That, man, I love that. I well, think that's huge, and, especially in young marriages. And know on the back end, too, that if you're taking advantage of that, and you know if you are, if you're taking advantage of, oh, I just, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, because you know your spouse will do it out of out of their goodness of their heart, you will wear them out. Yes. Like, we all, we all need a partner, and we need a partner to carry their weight. Because when all that weight goes on one spouse, it's too much. Yep. And so we have to even that out, and you have to communicate with that, and you have to say, you know, I, I apologize to you all the time and just say, I'm sorry, I suck. Yeah. I just, everything hurts today and I can't move. And you never, ever have shamed me for that. Mm. And you've never, which I've been shamed my whole life for that. I mean, I am, it, I've lived in performance my whole life. I mean, everybody's been my boss and they always tell me what I'm doing wrong. Right. And how I could do it better. And I think you've been such a picture of the Lord in that is like, if my husband is saying, just rest, it's okay. I feel like that's what the Lord is saying to mm. me. And then it feels like it's a holy thing. And I feel like I can, the The goal of the rest though, is so that I can come back and be a better partner. Mm. It isn't so I can go into a cave so and good. ignore my responsibility. So good. And vice versa. My goodness. I love you, honey. I'm glad I'm doing this too. with you. Uh, guys, go to GaryandLisaBlack.com. Join us on Patreon if you like watching these in video. Uh, if that helps you to hear more and take some notes, uh, we love that. You can listen to it uh, in audio later. We love to do content, fresh content on that Patreon and the Journeyman site first. And so we'll post them there uh, soon. We've got a bunch of podcasts coming. We've got six or seven in a row here that are coming out soon. Some on marriage, some on pleasure, uh, just some cool stuff. So we hope you're listening to that. If you need to contact us, uh, GaryandLisaBlack.com, you can email us directly from that site. Um, we're going to be doing marriage conferences um, 
every quarter, hopefully. Yeah. We've got one in the fall in Colorado. We've got one uh, oh, spring just, 24. So excited about that. Yeah, in uh, New Hampshire, April 12th through the 15th uh, with AJ and Jennifer. And we can't wait to do that. And so God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, baby. I love you. I love you more.